Hi, welcome back to Rorick Podcasts. I'm Rod Rorick, and the goal of our of our podcast and YouTube is to help you become a better you. And I love having people on that are true role models and people that not only that I like, that millions of people like and, and really admire. And, and I can't think of anybody better today than Troy Aikman, who, of course, uh, is and he needs no introduction. You know, he's a three-time uh, winner of the Super Bowl, MVP. He's a Hall of Famer, sports uh, broadcaster, and uh, so much more. Serial entrepreneur. We're going to talk about that as well. And of course, the most important thing is he's the father of two beautiful young daughters, and uh, he rocks. So, Troy, welcome. Thanks for taking the yeah. time. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Thank yeah. you, Doc. Yeah. It's uh, it's really an honor to be on your podcast with you. Well, that's great. So, tell me a little bit about Troy Aikman. I mean, a, a lot of people know about the public Troy Aikman, but, you know, you grew up in uh, Henrietta, Oklahoma. I mean, you know, I, I grew up in a small place. How big is Henrietta? Because I grew up in North Dakota, and my where I grew up, it was 200 people. How, how, <laughs> <laughs> how big was Henrietta? Well, well, it's uh, it's a lot bigger than that. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it, it's around six thousand people uh, is is what it is. And and I moved there when I was in eighth grade. Uh, you know, I always I, I feel like I got the best of both worlds. I, I grew up in a, in a city where I rode my bike everywhere in Cerritos, California, until the age of twelve, and and then I moved to a farm, an actual working farm, wow. seven miles outside of town on dirt roads. When we moved to Oklahoma at the age of twelve. Uh, so I've got to experience a lot of things, and I will say the time in Oklahoma uh, really is were my formative years, and they were the years that uh, really shaped, I think, the things that I believe and who and what I am today. Yeah, I mean, it is amazing. I mean, there, you know, you excelled in baseball and football, and then how did you get to typing awards? That was pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if it's genetics or not, but my, my mom was a typesetter uh, for the newspaper, and really? I decided to take typing as a, as a sophomore, uh, I think just to avoid chemistry. <laughs> and, now be careful. And I, I excelled at it. it. It came very easy for me, and then I wound up taking it my junior year because all the best-looking girls were in, were in <laughs> typing too, and uh, I ended up entering. Uh, yeah, uh, it was a regional contest, and and I won. I was the only guy in the contest, and uh, and that's followed me probably. People probably know more about that than they do that I that I actually uh, won a Super Bowl. I mean, it's gone everywhere I've gone. So no, it, it's uh, funny. I do see that a lot. Yeah. But you did touch on something that you know, doing something you like to do, and and yeah. obviously, I mean, you epitomize that. I mean, you're not only great at football, but you lived and breathed football. When you were the when you were the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, I mean, that emanated from you. Every time we saw you play, and this was on and in and out of the stadium, it was amazing. So so tell us how did that happen from Henrietta to Oklahoma to UCLA? Yeah. Well, I, I will say that for as far back as I can remember, uh, I had always wanted to be a professional athlete. There was never a time in my life where I thought of being anything else. And my father would ask me from time to time, he'd say, son, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, well, I want to be a professional athlete. And he, really? he'd, always, he'd always follow it up with, you know, well, you can be anything you want in life as long as you're willing to put in the time and the work. And, and, and that kind of was the mantra of my childhood. And when we moved to Oklahoma, 
because I, I grew up in a, in a fierce uh, baseball community uh, in Cerritos. A number of my friends that I knew back then, they went on to play collegiately and some went on to play in the big leagues. And I would have probably gone baseball had I stayed in California. But when we moved to Oklahoma, I, I really thought my athletic dreams had ended, quite honestly, um, really? because I just felt that being in a small town, I wasn't going to get noticed. And, you know, no one was going to get a chance to really watch me play. And but as luck would have it, when I was a sophomore, we had a senior on our team who was being recruited by some of the big colleges. And that's when I first got noticed. And so I started being watched as a sophomore in high school. And it's allowed me now to believe that it really doesn't matter where you are. If you're talented and you work hard and you stay confident and faithful, then I think people will discover you. Um, but that's... Uh, that's really was 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 my start. And, you know, you, you obviously have hardships and we all do. You do as what you did as yeah. and have as well. And I think that, you know, people, whether they want to be a surgeon or they want to be a professional athlete or whatever it is that they want to be, usually the people that they look to, they they feel that everything's come easy for them. And And as we all know, everyone in life goes through tough times. We all have setbacks. And then it's really how you handle those as to whether or not you're going to continue to move forward and achieve the things that you hope to. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, failure breeds success. And, and if you haven't failed, you're not going to succeed. So, so that's, that's fascinating. So who, who was your mentor in high school? I mean, obviously, you talk about your, your, your mom a lot and your dad. But, but beyond that, who like, helped jettison you to the next level in, in football? And, and tell us about how that happened, because I, I, people want to hear that. Yeah, I think uh, I think as far as my drive and determination uh, and discipline, I think that, well, I know it, I don't think, I know, it came really from my father. Um, my father was a strict disciplinarian. Uh, he treated me as a grown man from the time I was about six years old. Uh, I had I had chores from the time we moved to Oklahoma. And, you know, I would play in a doubleheader and get home about midnight and if there was hay on the ground in the fields and it was expected to rain then i would be out in the fields until sunup making sure that we got the hay in and you know so there was just that that was just the way that things were in in the house that i grew up in and so it carried over into my professional life and as i've said many times you give up a lot when right. you're when you're raised like that you give up you give up some childhood along the way uh, so I do credit my father in that sense, but the, the role models that I had were mostly my coaches. Uh, there were some teachers, but I had great coaching, uh, Doc. I mean, it's really blessed in that sense. From the time I began, uh, I hey, could go- Even at Henrietta, list. you had great coaches. And even back in, in Cerritos, California, from the time wow. I began playing athletics at the age of eight years old, uh, the, the entire way through, and, and even in my collegiate career and professional career, I just have had excellent coaches. And those, those coaches are the ones that, that, I guess, gave me the confidence and the push to make me feel like, hey, maybe, you know, maybe this dream of mine of being a professional athlete, maybe it's more than just a dream. I mean, maybe this is something that can actually be realized. And, and, and no one along the way ever ever gave me doubt. Um, my parents never did. They never said the tendency when someone has high dreams, because not many, not many kids who begin athletics get a chance to go on and play and play for a living. 
But my parents never said, ah, you, you, you might want to focus on something else because that's probably not going to happen. And nobody ever did. Instead, it was always, hey, if you keep progressing and keep putting in the time and keep working, you know, the sky's the limit. And so I think in a lot of ways, athletics be became my outlet. Uh, as I mentioned, I always thought it would be baseball. Even when I moved to Oklahoma, right. it wasn't until about my junior year of high school that I realized we didn't have a real good baseball team. We weren't very competitive. We didn't have a real good football team for that matter, but most <laughs> everyone was focused on football. And I just felt that I was getting a lot more attention as a quarterback uh, than I than I was as a baseball player. So the decision was kind of made for me, although I did have an opportunity to sign professionally out of high school uh, if that had been the route that I wanted to go, uh, baseball. But I thought football was going to be my best avenue. Well, thank God it was. Otherwise, we wouldn't have all the Super Bowls in, in Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> We're still waiting since you did had the last one. But so, Troy, that's that's amazing. You know, I grew up on a farm and a ranch too, and I had the same. You know, I, I'm German Russian, so I had the same disciplinarian. You know, we would get up at five in the morning before we went to school, and you had to milk the cows and things like that. But that that imprints on you, and it kind of it makes you who you are. And and isn't that amazing? And I. And I've tried to instill that in my kids by taking them back, yeah. but it's not the same. So. It's not the same. It's such a great point that that I I do, I do wrestle with that a little bit. In that because I feel so blessed to have gotten to experience both both worlds and having learned so much being on a farm and with those chores, as you mentioned, I was doing the same thing, feeding the pigs and the chickens in the mornings before school and you know, all that goes with that, that I, I, I feel like I've, I've withheld something from my girls that would be a really good experience for them and something that they could learn from. It's not the same in Henrietta, but that's not the same. That's not to say there's not other small communities across the country in rural America that, that would offer a, a lot of the same things that, that I experienced. And I, I do. I have gotten them out in the country. They've done some of those types of things, but it obviously was not a, a main part of their lives. And I think that, you know, who knows, maybe they'll experience that as they get out of college and start families of their own. But I think for those people who have never experienced rural America, I, I do think they've missed out on some things. Yep, no, I agree. I mean, that it really, you know, was imprinting for me of who and what I am. And obviously, so I didn't know that about you either. And yeah. and it, it's hard, but everybody imprints in a different way. So, so what what advice would you have for? I mean, I mean, I'm sure you tell this to your daughters all the time. And I, you know, you know, you've been, you know, world class uh, quarterback now. Uh, sportscaster, serial entrepreneur, and then we're going to talk about eight in a little bit. So, so what, Troy, what drives you today? I mean, it's got to be, I think it's got to be your love of succeeding and doing the things you like, but what, what really drives you? Because people, you know, see and talk about you and say, why? He's amazing. He looks like he did when he, when he won the Super Bowl. So, <laughs> so what, I, I said, I said, so what drives Troy Aikman today? Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's such a simple question and 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 such a complex answer. Um, and I don't know that I have a great answer for you. I, I I I know that you know. I first of all, I've always been mindful of my health and well-being. I've always worked out even after I retired. I had buddies that I played college ball with that lived live here in Dallas, and they'd always tease me and say, "Well, wait till you get done playing professional football. You're gonna be fat like the rest of us," you know. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I, you know, I've always worked out and, and then the, the COVID stuff really kind of kicked me into an entirely different gear. I just said, people are going to go one of two ways. And I just decided that, it, that I was going to come out of COVID in the best shape I could possibly be in. And it's put me on this trajectory that I've continued to stay on. And it's the best I've ever felt. I'm 56 years old. So that's, that's on a personal level. Uh, professionally, I just, I don't know. I just, you know, and I will, I will admit to this. Uh, I used to think that contentment was a four letter word and people have proven to me that that's not the case. One of whom is Jimmy Johnson, who found out early and early, somewhat early in his life when he was in his fifties, that what made him happy was being in the Florida Keys fishing. And so that's what he's gone and done. Right. Uh, I, I've always kind of been one who just has felt like there's there, there's there's another mountain to climb and there's more right. to conquer. Uh, but I will say that I am finding more and more contentment in my own life and asking myself those questions as to, you know, what what makes me happiest and how do I go about acquiring that or being in that environment as much as possible. So, uh but I like I like the challenge. And and you mentioned yep. the eight beer. That's been the new frontier for me. And and right. I and I will say I, I was even before eight beer came along, I would always say, yeah, I was a professional quarterback and proud of my my career. And then I've gone into broadcasting and I'm proud and I'm still in it, of course, but I'm proud of the career that I've had there. But I still feel like there's there's something left. There's 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 something that's on the horizon for me. And I don't know what that is. Then eight beer came along, and and I will still say that even beyond eight, I still think there's something left. I don't know what that is. It, there was a time I thought it might be uh, running a football team in the NFL and being a general manager. Right. I, I don't. I, I think that's less likely now, but I don't know what that yet is, and I haven't. I don't. I never close opportunities and options. So. Uh, time will tell. Yeah, I, I like that. And I think what uh, Troy Aikman is saying is that it's, I mean, I'm, you know, living in the comfort zone is good for a while, but you've got to challenge yeah. yourself every day. And, and it's yeah. amazing. You know, it's hard to challenge yourself when you f finish with three Super Bowl rings and what's next, Hall of Famer. And then you did it in, in the broadcast booth. I must say, when I saw you the first time in the broadcast, I said, can Troy Aikman really do that? And yet, you're the best of the best. It's unbelievable. I, I'm going, wow. Because, but you know what? Because you love it. You love the game, and and that's it shows. You know, you got to love what well, you do. And I can tell you, when I see you, and you're very unbiased, and I think I like that. And and uh, it's it's phenomenal. And uh, I mean, and also now eight. Let's talk about yeah. eight. I mean, how did you get from that to eight beer? Well, uh, first, I worked at a distributorship when I was in when I was in college. When I was transferring from the University of Oklahoma to UCLA, I, I worked at a distributorship in Tulsa, and that was my first exposure uh, to the beer industry. I learned a lot in the time that I was there. I worked on the trucks, and then I went around with the owner, and I called on accounts, and so I got to kind of experience both sides of it. And then, of course, I went to college. When I came back to Dallas and signed with the Cowboys. Uh, shortly thereafter, I became very close friends with the Andrews family who, who has Andrews distributing. <laughs> and so I've done things with their distributorship over the years at sales meetings and different things that they've asked of me. And then I've also endorsed uh, a brand nationally a couple of different times 
So I've had this loose association with the beer business, I feel like, for most of my life. But I never imagined that I would ultimately have my own beer. But I, I met my now partners through a mutual friend. One of them has had a career in the beer business. And we got to talking, and they asked if it was something that I would ever consider. And I thought, well, I don't know. I mean, let's talk about it. And my partners are really, really smart. And that's rule number one for me. Uh, if I get involved with anyone about anything, especially business, then you know I bet on the people. And so ultimately, that's why I decided to do it. But I wanted to, to come up with a beer that, that was, I didn't want to just make a beer for the sake of making it. I wanted to make a beer that one, complemented my lifestyle. So right. it had to be a low calorie, low carb beer but then also one that was different from what's on the market. And that's what we've accomplished. And so people out there, they say, well, how is eight different? We have no adjuncts uh, in our beer. So we have no added corn, rice, syrup, or sugars. And that's unusual. No, no right. other widely available beer can say that. So it, it truly is a, it's, I'm not saying it's healthy, but it is a better for you beer and it's a very clean beer. Um, so uh, it was made for people like we're talking about, Doc. Right. It's for people who are motivated to go out and be their best and uh, want to be able to enjoy those moments with family and friends when when times call upon it and uh, to do it without sacrificing all the work they've put in. And uh, this beer is made for the, for the achievers, the ones who are <laughs> mindful of their health and wellness. And I'm real proud of how it's turned out. Yeah, no, it's it's absolutely amazing. I mean, my son was home recently, and he and his buddies and I got together, and we we drank a bunch of eight. It was amazing, and you yeah, know, thank they're, you. They're pretty critical about beers, <laughs> the millennials, <laughs> as you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I just think that you know you got to love what you do, do what you love, and and you also. Uh, mentioned something which I think is important is that you never want to be the smartest person in the room. I never right. want to be, and you, you know, and you surrounded yourself with, you know, uh, with people that really are in the beer business. And now guess what? Yeah. You are at the top of the top and that's neat. Yeah. You know, I, I found out the hard way, uh, you know, people ask me what is my philosophy on business or what's the key to being successful. And the, the first thing that I say is, is, or at least for me, I bet on people because I I've been involved in some companies uh, that had great technology or great product. And it wasn't, that wasn't the reason that those ventures failed. It was because we didn't have the people that could execute it. And right. so now uh, I don't get too caught up in the product, uh, although that's important. And I don't get too caught up in technology, although that of course is important, uh, but you've got to have both. And it's just like, to me, my successes have been real simple throughout my career. Uh, you surround yourself with really talented, motivated people uh, and you've got a chance to be successful. And it was the key to my success as an athlete and with the Cowboys. It's been the key to my success as a broadcaster. I work with Joe Buck and some tremendously yeah. talented folks that are the best at their business, uh, at, at their craft. And uh, it's been the key to those successes that I've had in business. And so um, that's kind of what I have learned over my career. I, I think probably, you know, you ask 10 different people, they may have 10 different answers, but Somewhere in in all of those responses, I think they'd all say say that uh, the people make the difference. Yep. No, I agree. I mean, man, especially when you were the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, yeah, your team was you know it's still unparalleled. In, in yeah, and I will add also, Doc, that uh, I, I failed to mention a moment ago that 
One of the motivators for me when, when about eight and some of the other things that I've gotten involved in is Roger Staubach is a, is a, is a very special friend of mine. Uh, and obviously he's the greatest cowboy player there ever has been and will be the greatest quarterback there ever will be in our franchise's history. But he's been a mentor to me. And what I've had, what I've really admired about Roger, aside from him just being a phenomenal human being, is that he took his playing career and then he went on and had success in a business, in his real estate business that he built, uh, that had really nothing to do with with that athletics and nothing to do with football. Yeah, he leaned on his on his uh, notoriety as a quarterback, but yet he built that business and there wasn't a parallel to that. And and I've admired that. I've admired that about people. And so I've always wanted to do something that was outside the realm of football or sports uh, and just kind of prove that I could do it. And and that's what that's the challenge that eight has presented for me, because even my broadcasting career, of course, uh, I wouldn't still be doing it after 22 years uh, if I couldn't do the job, but I got the job because of my athletic career with the Cowboys. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, that's, and you know, I like you, you always are looking to the next horizon, you know, you just, cause you know, once you get to the top of the mountain, guess what? You got the view for the next mountain and it's always yeah, higher, right? right? <laughs> that's right. And, and <laughs> most of the time it's not the end. It's the journey. That's the most fun. Don't you think yeah. it's a journey? I do. I really do. I, I, I bet I speak for you in this that I don't feel like I've, I mean, I, I should say since I got out of college, <laughs> I, I worked some jobs, but since I got out of college, I don't feel like I've worked a day in my life. I really don't. And and I wake and I can't imagine knowing how much time we spend at our jobs. I can't imagine waking up and dreading going to work or not enjoying the people you work with or what it is that you do. And Man, I wake. I put in long hours for broadcasting, and, and I, I love it. Though I don't, I don't find it to be work. I just find it that yeah, it's time consuming, but uh, I love every part of it. But that's the key, you know. If if you're doing something that's not a job, I, I feel the same thing about medicine and plastic surgery because that's I love what I do. I've never worked a day in all my life because, yeah. and you can see it and feel it in people, you know. And I think so few people get to that nirvana in life. It's 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 pretty uh, amazing, isn't it, to me? Because I I talk to my friends and they say I can't wait to retire. I mean, retire to what? Yeah. <laughs> so you you know you got to love what you do, do what you love, and you know it yeah. emanates. So so Troy, what is you know in wrapping what? What's, what's next for Troy Aikman? I mean, you've done it all. And, you know, and I think you said you, in the beginning, you said, okay, uh, eight is a good stepping stone. I guess you're looking for the next horizon. So what, what's next for Troy Aikman? You know, I'm not, I'm not real sure what that is as far as uh, for me and in my career. Uh, I, I will say, and I've got time. Um, you mentioned my daughters when we launched this and and they're 20 and 21 they'll be 21 and 22 this summer and their lives are ahead of them and they're going through college and figuring out what they want to do with themselves and and I guess for me a big part of my future as I look down the road uh is is really seeing how their lives progress and and the path that they take and what's going to bring them happiness and so I'm I'm really excited about that part of it for me uh, I would imagine at some point, I don't know this, but I would imagine at some point I'll be a grandfather, which will be a great, <laughs> a great time in my life as well. Uh, but right now I will say that, uh, I'm, we're, we just had our one year anniversary with, with eight and, uh, I'm fully immersed in that. And this is a big year for us, 
uh, in that we have to prove that since we're no longer the new kids on the block, that we can sustain and continue to grow. So I've got my work cut out for me on that front, but uh, but there will be something else, I assure you. And in a few years, I'm sure if we visit again, I'll be able to tell you what that is. You bet. So is eight going to go outside of Texas soon or is it already? Uh, it's only in Texas currently, yeah. uh, but we have looked at some other markets um, and there's a chance that by year's end, we could be moving into some neighboring states. Awesome. That's awesome. Well, Troy, thank you so much. I know you're a busy, busy guy and uh, all over the world, and I cannot tell you how much I appreciate it. And you've motivated me. It takes a lot to motivate sure. me. And, and I love your thoughts, and I really think, uh, I think our viewers will as well. So thank you again so much for uh, joining us, and uh, good luck to you. And I know whatever you do will always turn to gold. Take care. Thank you, Doc. Thank you. Be back. Always enjoy your time. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Troy. Be back.